Are you ready? Are you ready to get smacked with the start of week 14 as we had the the extendo, the extendo crank of the week 13 going into Tuesday night football? A ton of fun getting some extra showdown slates going live with all of you, the community. Love it. Enjoy it. Now let's get into week 14 as we do always with the player by player breakdown to start off the week. And where I'm at right now, based on the fact that I just ran projections, I'm feeling very good. This is a slate that has really anything you can do. You can pay down at running back with very viable options. You can pay down at wide receiver or pay all the way up. Every single position has viable viable quote-unquote punts, but good mid-range options everywhere. This is the most loaded as there is now 13 games in the slate. The bye weeks are officially over. The most loaded I have seen the wide receiver position, obviously up top at every position, you see Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Rogers, Murray, all these guys are on the slate, but the wide receiver position, the mid-range, you can argue with me that guys in the 6K range, and I would argue with you that guys in the 6K range could be the second highest price wide receiver on the slate, but instead they're like the 15th price. So I'm going to be able to identify some of those players for you if you have the Patreon projections. And if you want to follow along with the projections, rankings, ownership will be out later in the week, just click the link in the description below to Patreon. You can check all that out. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Like and subscribe. We're very close now to, uh, by the time you're viewing this, we might already hit 34,000. The goal is by the new year to hit 35,000 subscribers. It's been a ton of fun. On Christmas day, two years ago on Christmas day this year, Christmas day, 2018, I hit a thousand subscribers. So we have grown a ton, 35 times that 34,000 subscribers more, all you fellas and ladies and gentlemen out there since then. And I'm just a short two year span. So thank you all so much in advance. I appreciate you all a ton. As of this recording, my brother's got about 60% of the new t-shirt designs in the Teespring store that I'll, I'll try and link up down below, but it should be attached to YouTube no matter what. If you're listening on the podcast, I'll try and link it up in the description. But a lot of t-shirt designs coming through. I'm basically making those at a break even just so that you guys, a lot of people asking about merch and stuff like that. We're gonna have a lot in there, so be sure to check it all out. And this video is sponsored by Vigit. So be sure to check out Vigit. It's a social media app for sports bettors. Picture Twitter, but for just sports bettors. You don't gotta be worrying about all the dusty 40 and 50 year old dudes arguing about politics over on Twitter or arguing about the most meaningless stuff on sports. Instead, you can go on Vigan and actually discuss with like-minded, educated people who share your interest in sports betting, daily fantasy sports, whatever it might be over on Vigan. It's broken down basically into three parts. You have the, the sports betting social media side. They have a free online sports book as well that if you use my name when you download the app, link down below, but also just Vigan in whatever app store, use my name Sal, they will give you 1,000 Vig coins to use in that free sports book, which then if you go ahead and win some of your bets on the Vigan app, you can actually get some Amazon gift cards. So there you go. Time for the Christmas spirit. You can get some Amazon gift cards, buy yourself something nice, buy yourself, you know, some nice new clothes, some nice new cologne, feel fresh about yourself, get a haircut, a nice fade. I'm going to get one today. I cannot wait, but be sure to check out Vigit. The last thing is they have a ton of information on every single game. Even if you want to bet the most obscure games out there, a random ass college basketball game, whatever it might be, they're going to have in-depth information about injuries, about depth charts, about all the stuff that you need to know about how those teams perform and individual player performance, line movement. Check it all out down below Vigit. Use my name when you download the app and they will give you a thousand free big coins to use in their online free sports book. Thank you, Vigit, for sponsoring this Wednesday video. Let's start it off, fellas. Let's start it off right now with the quarterback position, who for me right now, it's looking like a two-man show. And that's not truly the case. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I got about eight names highlighted here, and I want to discuss some of them. But right up top right now, the State Farm boys themselves, uh, in my opinion, the co-MVP favorites, Mahomes in the lead in that one right now. But Rodgers, not that far behind. If you look at the stats right now, Mahomes, yes, overall, the record's going to look better. Yes, the dominance in some of his performances, yardage-wise, is going to look better. But a lot of the efficiency stats, Rodgers is neck and neck or ahead of Mahomes 
Mahomes in those areas. But to start off with Mahomes, he's our yes. I mean, by far leading the slate with 318 yards per game, and they're just throwing a ton. They don't care about running the ball these days. Patrick Mahomes has now thrown the ball 40 or more times in five straight games. Patrick Mahomes has now hit the 300 yard bonus on DraftKings in five straight games, and three times he's eclipsed 350 or more yards. You're getting Patrick Mahomes basically coming off of his worst performance that we've seen in quite some time. Both of his worst performances are against Denver. You know what that means? Well, he's going to face a decent Miami defense, borderline good Miami defense, I would say, but he doesn't have to face Denver this week, who held him to 12 fantasy points in week seven and held him to 19.3 in week 13. Outside of those matchups against Denver, his worst fantasy point performance this year is going to be around 21 fantasy points. I have Patrick Mahomes right now projecting out for much more than that. I have Patrick Mahomes projecting out right now as my highest projected quarterback. And if you are following along right now with the Patreon projections, or if you would like to, again, quickly linked it down below. You can check them out, open them up. But I have Patrick Mahomes right now for uh, three more fantasy points than any other quarterback projecting for 26.8 points. His pass catchers are damn expensive. That's going to be your concern in this slate. Getting to Mahomes, $8,100. There are some cheap options to get to him. But then what happens when Kelsey is above 7K, the only tight end up there? What happens when Tyreek Hill is the second most expensive player on the slate? It starts to get to a point when you ask yourself, those are the clear and obvious producers. Are we going to try and punt in these stacks with a Demarcus Robinson, with a Sammy Watkins, who is now back and healthy for his second game? I'm not too sure if that's where I want to be going with this, but we're going to have to see later in the week because that will limit the upside in the Patrick Mahomes stacks. It is really difficult to get Mahomes with the combination of Tyreek Hill and Kelsey in this one and then running it back on Miami. I mean, you can throw in a, a nice Miles Gaskin cheap option. You can throw in a Devontae Parker, but the issue is those chief stacks and how expensive they are with a 28 implied team total. Good matchup for them. I like those chief stacks a lot. The concern is going to be the price point. Can we find enough value, which there is a lot of on this slate that we'll talk about at other positions to get to them. Next up, we will go to my second highest projected player. And the nice thing about this is he's not the second highest price player. He's actually the fourth highest price player at the quarterback position. And that man's name is Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers right now is just giving us a floor that is fantastic. I mean, if you take out the Tampa Bay game on the road, where just the pressure was getting to him, David Bakhtiari, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, if not the best, gets hurt in that game. And he's facing pressure nonstop. Basically, the worst performance that you've seen from Aaron Rodgers outside of that to this point is right now hovering around 23 and a half fantasy points, which he produced against the Eagles last night. And you want to know something? That was the quarterback eight on the entire week. Aaron Rodgers' floor at this point in the season is basically around 23 fantasy points, as long as he's not playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And really, if he's not facing any pressure, the man's been an absolute rock star. The man's been absolutely dynamite this year, scoring at least 25 fantasy points per game when he is in the bottom half of the league in pressure rate that week. And now he gets to face a Detroit defense that is bottom 10 in pressure rate, that is bottom 10 in pass coverage overall. This is a very nice match for Aaron Rodgers, who's a seven-point favorite with the highest overall team total on the slate at 31 points. He's averaging 283 yards per game. You're not getting the volume that you get out of Mahomes, right, in his last couple of games. 34, 29, 37, 34, 31 pass attempts. Like, you haven't seen 40 pass attempts for Aaron Rodgers since right now week eight, and he's only done it twice this year, but he doesn't need to. He's being very efficient. Devontae Adams after the catch has been fantastic. Downfield yard per reception monsters and Robert Tony on the tight end and MVS have helped that out a lot, and now he has Alan Lazard to fill out stacks. Your clear stacking options here are going to be Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and then just after that, whoever you want. I do think that Robert Tonyan leading the league in separation for tight ends. He has only seen five targets per week in the last three weeks, but there's a lot of upside to him seeing more targets in this matchup. I think that Robert Tonyan, Alan Lazard, and MVS in that order are where I would go next in stacks there against Detroit. Runback options, depending on what happens with Kenny Galladay, would be Kenny Galladay here. TJ Hawkinson would probably be my priority either way, though. And now we start to get into some of these maybes, right? You're going to get Justin Herbert priced up in this spot, but look, we don't have that many cheap quarterbacks that I want to go to. This is not like last week where every quarterback that we talked about had like the same value rating my projections. So you can go to cheap quarterbacks with a similar risk, not as much upside, but similar, I would say floor to risk as some of those expensive guys. And it paid off last week with all the cheap statue type quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, all these guys having very nice weeks last week. But I'll go back to Justin Herbert this week. Look, he gets the Patriots last week and that was absolutely brutal. Only 209 yards. The man couldn't do anything, throws two picks, his worst performance by far in the year. He's now coming 
coming back off a of back-to-back of his worst performances against a Buffalo Pastors that caused some problems, right? And then against New England, where Bill Belichick just caused a ton of problems. The cornerbacks were healthy. They took away some of his pass catchers. But honestly, the big thing was special teams concerns, which has been a narrative now for the Chargers this season, put them in a situation where New England could take risks and blitz more with a lead. And that was a big downside. And the offensive line was just not able to protect Justin Herbert, who has not had all that much protection this year. His protection ranks 36th out of all the quarterbacks who have taken snaps this year in the NFL. At 77.7%, that's not good at all. But Justin Herbert now gets the matchup against Atlanta, which in terms of fantasy points per game allowed DVP metrics, the defense versus position, it's going to be a 25.8 per game to the quarterback position. That screams wonders for Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen is priced up. Mike Williams is very affordable with a lot of upside on the outside against these weak and young cornerbacks for Atlanta. Give me that stack. That would be the priority stack that I would look for is Keenan Allen plus Mike Williams. I'm okay to get Austin Eckler in those stacks as well. Austin Eckler now since returning 25 targets in two games, there is definitely some correlation and the upside for receiving touchdowns with Justin Herbert. And then you get to some other options, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. The reasons that they're not yeses is you get a cheaper Aaron Rodgers than basically Russell Wilson right now. And you have Kyler Murray in a really difficult matchup against the Giants where his shoulder is definitely a concern. We have to talk about Kyler Murray, especially if you have him in your fantasy playoffs, I'd be somewhat concerned. But Kyler Murray, the reason that we like him this year, very similar to the reason that you always like Lamar Jackson last year and in some starts this year is because of the rushing upside. But you have not seen that rushing upside out of Kyler Murray. In the last three weeks, in his last three games from week 11 to week 13, 15 rushing yards, 31 and 15 rushing yards. There's something wrong with his shoulder. They said that after the Seattle game, and then he does not run all that much. He has now ran for a total of 60 yards in his last three games. He ran for over that number in his previous four games from week six to week 10 before that with 61, 106, 67, and 74 yards. This is the concern. If you're not getting those extra five to 10 plus fantasy points, if he scores a rushing touchdown, which he had been doing every single week, except for week four, up until week 10, when he scored two against Buffalo, has not scored one since. If you're not getting these 12 to 15 fantasy points per game that he's averaging on the ground this year, which is nuts. And now it's been dropping to two fantasy points per game over the last three weeks. That is a major concern that limits your ceiling, of course, but it's also limiting his floor for a quarterback who was not outside the top 10 quarterbacks the entire year up until week 10. Now he has been outside the top 10 quarterbacks each of the past three weeks in the last two weeks, finishing as the quarterback 16 and quarterback 25. Your stacking options are DeAndre Hopkins, who is affordable. But then after that, big shrug emoji. Andy Isabella has been decent, seeing a lot of snaps in his last game, but Fitzgerald is likely back. Christian Kirk has not been getting separation as of late. So Kyler Murray has to take a knockdown. Now, if he's very low owned, that's where the upside comes in. Like last week, he was low owned, but again, that shoulder, we're going to have to monitor it. And you get some other options. Tom Brady, I think is a decent option, especially if they start to play from behind in this game, but they are six point favorites. You saw in the game where they played from behind against the Chiefs, it was just easy pickings. And you have very cheap stacking options. Chris Godwin is beyond cheap this week. You want to get to Rob Gronkowski, who's been having a very good last six to eight weeks. He's very cheap. There's really not that many expensive players to stack up here. Mike Evans is somewhat expensive since he leads the league in red zone targets. That makes sense. Tom Brady with a 29 implied team total right now is basically the third highest on the slate, right around tied for the third highest on the slate at this point with Seattle. So I think this is a nice spot against Minnesota, who still struggles with the bottom 10 overall secondary. Tom Brady to Chris Goblin would be my number one stacking priority after that filtered in between your Rob Gronkowski's, Mike Evans, and Antonio Browns. Tom Brady attempting 39 and a half passes per game is the second most on the slate, only behind Justin Herbert. A lot of upside here for Tom Brady to hit the 300 yard bonus in a game with a nice team total. And if you're looking for some cheapies, Matt Ryan last week, finally, for the first time in a while, had both of his receivers, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, healthy in that game. Ridley goes over 100 yards, Julio Jones goes for like six catches or 90 plus yards, somewhere around there. But you don't get the actual performance that you're looking for out of Matt Ryan. The performance is to start the year where you had 28 fantasy points and 28 and a half fantasy points in the first two weeks when those guys were healthy, right? Like in the middle of the season against Minnesota when Julio returned and he ended up scoring 35 fantasy points that week. You weren't seeing those performances. You got only 12.9 fantasy points against a good Saints defense that also limited this Atlanta offense in week 11. That's a really good Saints defense. Now you get the complete opposite in this matchup against the Chargers who Casey Hayward has been on the downturn. You obviously have a bunch of injuries to guys like Melvin Ingram, not on this team anymore right now due to injury. Obviously, Derwin James has not stepped on the field. Chris Harris Jr. has been banged up all season long, missing a month and 
and a half to two months at this point, right? So this is a banged up secondary and a bad overall defense to this point because really due to injuries. Now you get a nice 26 implied team total. You know, you're stacking options and they're damn cheap. How is Julio Jones still $6,600? Put some respect on this guy's name. I mean, he was one insane touchdown catch, which was like a 50-50 ball, if not better for him to catch to in that last game, posting seven catches for like a buck 20 and a touchdown. And then he would have probably been priced $7,500 this week instead of $6,600 again. Julio Jones would be my number one stacking option, then Calvin Ridley for Matt Ryan. And then Jalen Hurts, he's 5,100. Look, I don't think you have to go there in cash because there's cheap enough running backs this week and a lot of them and definitely a ton of mid-range wide receivers that you don't have to go to Jalen Hurts in cash. But it's at least worth pointing out that Jalen Hurts, he's going to be starting this week and he has a lot of rushing upside. This is the upside that you look for in quarterbacks. I mean, even if he's going to be, let's just say a Tua type of performance, Tua at this point is priced up a lot more than $5,100. So you get nice value in your lineup out of Jalen Hurts. I think it's actually an interesting play to at least decide upon if you're somebody who plays cash. I don't. In GPPs, again, it's a really tough matchup against Norland, so I don't really know the upside of him scoring probably like around 24 plus fantasy points to outscore from Mahomes drops 30 plus or Rodgers drops 30 plus or one of those guys up top. But you did see in this last game, he had a couple of rushing yards, 29 rushing yards, and basically just playing a quarter at the end of the game for the Packers. The man scored 10 fantasy points in a quarter. Obviously, a lot of that goes from playing from behind and having the long touchdown to Greg Ward, but it was really nice to see this mobility. What happens if Jalen Hurts, I just picked him up in my, my season long league. I have Herbert, but why not have him in the playoffs just in case something happens to Herbert or he goes off this week? What happens if Jalen Hurts goes out there this week and ends up carrying the ball for eight times for 60 yards? That's a huge upside on the ground. You know he's going to pass for at least somewhere around that 200-yard mark. So that's the upside that you get in Jalen Hurts in your cash games. A 1.8x super draft multiplier makes him a very strong option as well. Let's now move into the running back position where we're going to get a lot of strong options yet again this week. And a man that's going to return for my season-long fantasy playoffs as I just edged my way into the, the playoffs uh, in my mainly for the last 10 years, been in there, have not missed the playoffs. And finally, we just barely got him, barely at the last second. Thank you, thank you so much, Devo Samuels, final drive in that game on Monday Night Football. But here we go. We got the man to the legend. Christian McCaffrey is back, who now we only have a three-game sample size of, but in every single game, he's basically seen 20-plus opportunities. He's averaging 26 opportunities to this point in the season. You're getting the fantasy points per game above 30 fantasy points per game on DraftKings right now in this three-game sample. I want Christian McCaffrey over Dalvin Cook, who's banged up in a very difficult matchup against Tampa Bay. Again, still fine projection-wise, but I have Christian McCaffrey as my highest projected running back by a couple of points right now. I have him for basically three points more than anybody else. Christian McCaffrey also to this point, the Carolina Panthers have the best adjusted line play, so again, he'll have some help there. Christian McCaffrey also has upside if, if DJ Moore can play on Sunday, but DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel on the COVID list. Both of these guys are going to have to pass COVID test five days in a row. Even if there's like a false negative in there, something like that, they won't be able to play more than likely. So they're going to have to pass all their tests all week long. We'll know on Friday or Saturday if those guys are going to be playing. But even if just one of them misses, a Curtis Samuel who probably soaks up around six targets, same for DJ Moore around four to eight targets, that's only going to help Christian McCaffrey even more, who I already have as the number one option in the passing game for this team. McCaffrey at $9,200 projects out for me right now. For 23.5 fantasy points, which as of right now is three points more than anybody else on the slate ahead of Dalvin Cook. Again, you can track along in the projections down below. Next up is James Robinson. Look, we just have to stop disrespecting James Robinson. But Sally's a seven-point underdog. This is a broken record. Go play all of my other videos on the Wednesdays, right? He was a 10-point underdog last week. He was a seven-point underdog the week before that. If this guy is going to continue to see 25 touches and not only see 25 touches, but be good with these 25 touches, right? He has the number one opportunity share in the NFL where there's only been like seven other touches to go to other Jacksonville running backs, averaging 17.7 carries per game, third most in the league and he's averaging 4.4 targets per game to this point. That's very good usage that you're seeing. I mean, all these statistics he's just filling the box scores with. He has the fifth most receptions at this point. He has the seventh most receiving yards and the third most rushing yards. Right now, he has 968 rushing yards, will be an undrafted free agent to break a thousand yards, the first running back to do that this year, the first undrafted guy, because not many guys are having this much success. But a lot of things are nice to see. He's averaging five yards per touch, even when defenses know that he's going to be able to get the ball. He's the fifth overall running back in yards created. And right now, in terms of evaded tackles, he's number three. Now, obviously, when you're running a lot more attempts and have 
having a lot more usage, your ability to have more yards created and more evaded tackles is up there, but he's been efficient on a per touch basis. So you have a guy getting a lot of volume who's been efficient. He has a 23 implied team total. Look, he's going to be a yes for me just based on this pure volume. Of course, of course, I like Christian McCaffrey more, but there's a price difference there. Next up for me is Austin Eckler. The worst possible situation, your team loses 45 nothing as a running back. And thankfully he's a game flow independent running back. So he still sees some opportunities, but the worst possible situation for Austin Eckler last week. And the guy still puts up 11 fantasy points for you, finishes as the RB20. Now that's not winning you anything, right? But his price point goes down $100, again, in the worst possible matchup. Now in two weeks since being back, he's seen 25 targets. He's seen a total at this point of 47 opportunities in two weeks. And it's only going to continue for him as he gets now arguably the best matchup on the slate against Atlanta. Austin Eckler for me might be the best overall point per dollar play in the slate if there was not a very cheap running back that we'll get to in a second. And the upside here is going to be immense. I do think some people will feel sour about him letting them down last week, but how much can you really blame him when his team's down 45 nothing? Yes, you saw Kalen Balash see some carries, right? Kalen Balash saw pretty much equal carries on the ground to Austin Eckler. I'm not too concerned about that. If you give Austin Eckler a neutral game script, or maybe one where they're leading this week against Atlanta as just two point underdogs, if you give him a situation where he's going to come in and see even 14 attempts on the ground, like he did in week 12, all I want to care about is that upside in the passing game. A situation where he's likely going to have somewhere around six or seven receptions, and that's where the upside comes in. And yes, this man is going to score a touchdown at some point on the season right now. Austin Eckler has only scored one touchdown out of all these touches that he's had. I assume that's going to only increase as these weeks go on. Now we get into some interesting names. We've had this happen one time this year with Ezekiel Elliott being unowned and he was our that one dude and he went up for 20 plus fantasy points, 22 plus fantasy points. Now I was hoping he would not go off on Tuesday night football and he did not by any means. He went out there in that last game and he had a decent game, right? Usage wise, he ends up seeing double digit carries. He has four receptions. I think he scores like 13 or 14 fantasy points because he doesn't find the end zone or get the bonus. And now he's still just dirt cheap. It's like Julio Jones. These guys' names who are just in difficult situations. Julio Jones really because of injuries and Ezekiel Elliott because his offensive line is banged up. He lost Dak Prescott. But Ezekiel Elliott, yet again, on a per-touch basis, I don't know how many times I have to say it, has been good this year. He's been top 10 in yards created, top 10 in evaded tackles. He's getting all the usage in the world at this point in terms of being a top five opportunity running back. And now he's going to be a favorite at 6,600 versus a bad Cincinnati Bengals defense, averaging over 21 opportunities per game. I like Ezekiel Elliott, and I think he'll likely be low owned this week. Look, I do like Austin Eckler a lot more. I do like a lot more expensive running backs more, but at 6,600, if Zeke's going to be single digit owned again, he might be or that one dude for a second time this year. And I suspect that he'll pay off. David Montgomery's right there at 6,500, likely going to draw ownership as the chalk last week off of Ezekiel Elliott. David Montgomery is right now, since week four, the number one running back in routes run, the number one running back in targets and receptions. He is getting all the usage in the world, so I can't not recommend him, but keep this in mind. He's an underdog with only a 22 and a half team implied total. David Montgomery last week needed the touchdowns to really pay off. Look, he got the receiving yards and things like that, but now his price point goes up a thousand dollars. And this is a guy who is not fully touchdown dependent because his passing game usage is going to be there. But if he's going to be 20 plus percent owned yet again, I'd rather just go to Zeke, who I think that Zeke has an equal to better opportunity to score touchdowns in his offense, led by Andy Dalton with all those pass catchers, than a Bears offense led by Mitch Trubisky. But it's really hard to ignore the 27 plus routes run for the past four weeks for David Montgomery right now, and the last five out of six weeks for him. That's been very good to see as well. Montgomery definitely in play. Miles Gaskin is somebody I'm going right back to. I don't even care if Ahmed and some of these other running backs like DeAndre Washington are going to be active for this game. They might have actually cut DeAndre Washington, but whatever it is, you had Miles Gaskin now for a fourth straight game when he is healthy, seeing 21 or more opportunities. Miles Gaskin playing 72% of the snaps, 141 total yards was setting so far a season high. And he had like five carries inside the five yard line, seven red zone touches for Miles Gaskin this week. Doesn't find the end zone. That's a lot of bad luck. Man just can't score touchdowns. But Miles Gaskin, as he was last week for me, I had him as my number one running back play. Right now, Miles Gaskin, if I factor this by point per dollar, is my number two value play on the entire slate at the running back position. We're about to get to my number one value play at $4,900, JD McKissick. But keep in mind, Miles Gaskin is a strong option. The only difference between him and David Montgomery last week, which is obviously a clear difference, is Montgomery scores two touchdowns. But in terms of the volume, very similar volume for those two type of running backs and Miles Gaskin's price point 
right now actually goes down. I like this spot for Miles Gaskin here. The overall usage of 20 opportunities per game is very good for him. But let's go to JD McKissick now, who Antonio Gibson had a toe slash foot injury. They're saying that he is not going to be playing this next week, or at least he's very doubtful. So you get the JD McKissick show to show up once again. Look, McKissick is just going to be a one-dimensional back. So do not be shocked that $4,900, if he becomes a chalk, do not be shocked if McKissick goes out there and in a situation where maybe they start to take a lead in this game, it's Peyton Barber seeing 15 carries and McKissick plays his normal role. Since they were going to be down last week for a lot of that game and had to play from behind and get the win at the end, shout out the plus $400 money line that we hit. But because of that, you ended up seeing McKissick run 29 routes, the second most that he's ran in the year. He played 73% of the snaps, also the second most overall so far this season. And he caught 100% of his targets, 10 receptions, 78 yards. He was the RB8 with 17.8 fantasy points on Monday night against Pittsburgh. Yet again, keep in mind though, if this game turns into a situation where they're leading in the game or it's more neutral game script, Peyton Barber could see 15 carries and McKissick can just run, let's just say 20 routes and see six targets catching five for like 40 yards. And that's probably not doing much for you at this price tag. So he's a yes right now for me because there's no Antonio Gibson. I'm going to project it out somewhere around eight targets for him and seven receptions. You get a couple carries as well in there. So if you're going to see that, you're probably going to have four, around 14 or 15 fantasy points, which makes him a top value. Again, it is no by, by no means a lock button because his volume is very much tied to one part of the game, which then does make him game flow dependent if they take a big lead. Some other options, Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. Uh, right now, both of those guys are in play, but I prefer McCaffrey almost every single time. I assume I'll get Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook though. Aaron Jones, very much so in play against Detroit Lions, who he dropped a 50 burger on earlier this season. Aaron Jones at $7,600 is seeing the volume, right? Obviously, Jamal Williams is back there, but still seeing over 19 opportunities per game. And he's on a touchdown favorite on the team that has the highest implied team total this week. Chris Carson was nice to see last week, all that volume, two touchdown favorite versus the Jets, obviously going to be in play. Track DeAndre Swift's status. I'm not going to be as high on him because look, he's dealing with an injury. It might be post-concussion syndrome, which is very scary. So we'll just track that. Ronald Jones likely to be a lower owned upside play against a Minnesota bad run defense. Touchdown favorite, similar to Aaron Jones. Touchdown favorite with a high implied team total of 29 and getting all the volume as of late. We like to see that. And then I do like Miles Gaskin over these next two names, but Jonathan Taylor coming on now. He had five evaded tackles in that last game. Most we've seen this year. He's getting very much involved in the passing game. He might be the best pass catching running back on a per touch basis this season. Obviously, I'd rather have McCaffrey and Kamara and some of these other running backs, of course, right? Eckler. But on a per touch basis, yards per reception, yards per out run, you're getting right now those efficiency metrics, Jonathan Taylor to be number one. And now he comes in as a favorite against what is arguably a top three worst defense, gives up the second most fantasy points per game, this Vegas defense, two running backs. Final name is Wayne Gallman, who's just been a warrior so far this year right now, being basically like a top RB1 or an RB2 in the past six to seven weeks since getting the job. Devonta Freeman came off the injured reserve, then went on the COVID list. It's still Wayne Gallman's backfield for a man who's probably going to see somewhere around on the season. He's averaging like 12 opportunities per game. But when you factor in the games that he's actually been the full on starter, you're seeing that number cross above 15 and closer to 20. So Wayne Gallman and Jonathan Taylor, I like both of them, but I would prefer Miles Gaskin at the price points. Now, before we get into the wide receiver position, I wanted to just let you know about my bookie, a co-sponsor of this show right now. My bookie's message to you as the Christmas holiday season comes closer. The man in red, big old Santa Claus, has gotten our letters because this year we're getting, yes, we are both NBA and NFL on Christmas. That is correct. NBA, normally you're getting in the afternoon, but the NFL, you're getting one night game and then three games on Saturday. It's going to be a fantastic Christmas weekend. And the best spot to be betting on both of those games on Christmas with your family, your relatives, just yourself, whatever it is, is going to be my bookie. They're the only book that does not care. Whether you were naughty or nice this year, they've got gifts for you. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuffer up to $1,000 Ruskies in bonus cash for free. Yes, that is free dollar Ruski bonus. And my bookie this year is giving you not one, not two, but six days of giveaways from December 22nd to the 26th. They're hooking up players with deals and promotions so exciting that we can't even talk about them. Seriously, they've sworn us to secrecy. These are going to be secret deals that you will only know about if you sign up for some deposit bonus. So it's fairly simple. Sign up with the promo code SAL10, that is SAL10, to let them know you came from me, and you'll get a deposit matched halfway up to $1,000 Ruskies. Head over to my bookie to make the most out of this holiday year with six days of giveaways. This winter, bet with the best, my bookie. Bet on my bookie. Check it out. It's a ton of fun. It's legal in all states right now to this point. 
and you can get a lot of action down on Christmas Day. Thank you, my bookie, for sponsoring the Wednesday video. Now, as we get into the wide receiver position, as always, I'm going to be saying that the guys up top are the guys up top. Devontae Adams is the guy that you want to get. Devontae Adams is my second highest projected player in the entire slate, more than all the running backs, more than every quarterback not named Patrick Mahomes. I have Devontae Adams for 26 fantasy points this week. He's just been an absolute monster. Another 37, another million maker lineup for him last week. As we projected and predicted on the Splash Play podcast by Chris Baggs and Pete Overzet. You can check out their podcast. It's a ton of fun, different type of environment, different type of energy in the industry. I like it a lot. But Devontae Adams against Detroit, who maybe Okuda comes back, the rookie top five overall pick. He's been trash. No matchup for Devontae Adams. If it's going to be Amani, he's going to toast him. He got hurt the last time against Detroit, but he was having a fine game until he got hurt in the third quarter. And then they said, you know what? You don't have to play anymore. Devontae Adams leads all players this year in targets from inside the five yard line and inside the red zone on a per game basis because he has missed games. Evans is the overall leader, but on a per game basis, he's going to be fine there. You'll probably see a matchup against some Amani, some Daryl Roberts. Going to be a nice matchup either way for Adams. And then there's some other names on here. Michael Thomas is still too cheap at 7,100. We were hoping to maybe see Drew Brees back this week, but it doesn't seem like based on the early notions of Sean Payton, they don't have a timeline for Drew Brees still. Doesn't seem like he's going to be playing this week, but you're getting a very nice overall target share, 50%, 30 plus percent. Yet again, this past week, he had nine catches, 105 yards on 11 targets. The touchdowns are not coming for him, but he's getting a lot of usage. He saw a red zone target in each game so far this season with Taysom Hill. 19 and a half fantasy points is nice to see at $7,100. But these are the type of guys now in the sixth carry range that I want to talk about. They're similar guys to last week. If not, some of them are the exact same names. But Allen Robinson for me right now, if I pull up my projections on Patreon, you can follow along at the wide receiver position. Devontae Adams is the most expensive player, but he's also my number one value. That's how damn good he's projecting out. But my number three overall value is actually Allen Robinson against Houston in this matchup. Allen Robinson had a weird game. I don't know if he got hurt and came out in that last game, but now he gets arguably the worst cornerback in the league this week, and a lot of him in Vernon Hargraves. He'll move all around the field. Last week, he had a very mediocre performance with 13 and a half fantasy points, six for 75 on seven targets. He played 80% of the snaps. So I do think he came out of that game. That's the least snaps that we've seen Allen Robinson play all season long. So I think that there was some sort of injury. I saw some stuff on Twitter about it. So again, if he ended up missing like a half of a quarter or a drive or two, that is going to stagnate your production. It's going to limit you from getting that hundred yard bonus, but I'm still fine on Allen Robinson. I still think that he's okay to get to. Mitch Trubisky is moving this offense. And now against Houston, they're going to be underdogs. It's a nice spot to get to Allen Robinson, who right now projects out for me as cheap as he is. He projects out for me for 18 and a half damn fantasy points. He should probably be like $7,500. And I can say the same thing about my number two value play at the wide receiver position this week, Julio Jones. Julio Jones continues to get disrespected. If you wanted to play Allen Robinson and Julio Jones in your lineup this week, you're going to start your lineup off very good. Now, obviously they're not dirt cheap, but they're going to be in situations to set you up for success. Julio Jones in that last game had his worst performance of the year when he stayed in a game fully healthy this year. So when he has not left at halftime, like he did against the Packers, right? Or like he did early on against the Saints, his worst performance this year, 15.4 fantasy points. He played 98% of the snaps, which is the most that he's played all season long. He ran 38 routes, which is the second most he's seen all year. Six catches, 94 yards on over 100 air yards, the third time he's done that this year on 10 targets, which again tied his second most. So 15.4 fantasy points in your worst performance. At this price point, it doesn't hurt you, right? If you're scoring 15 points at 6,600, that's fine. That's a very decent score. It's a very good score. But the upside is, of course, his weeks where he's scoring 20 plus and 35 plus like he did earlier this year. And in this matchup this week, he can definitely do that against the Chargers that Casey Hayward has been nowhere near the normal Casey Hayward. And nobody else, even if Casey Hayward was good, couldn't compete with him. But nobody else even has a opportunity to do anything against Julio Jones this year, who's averaging 86 yards per game at this point, who's averaging a 75% catch rate. Give me Julio at 6,600. We talked about Chris Godwin's quarterback, Tom Brady, because Chris Godwin, Tom Brady is a decent stack if you want to get there. I don't like that he has no rushing upside, but still a decent stack in this situation projects out nicely. But Chris Godwin, very interesting to see him so cheap at 6,300. I mean, how is this guy close to the 5k range when all he does is continue to produce, right? Three straight games of 15 or more fantasy points coming off of a game against Kansas City where he goes eight for 97, just misses the bonus on nine targets. He's played 90 or more percent of the snaps in four straight 
straight games now and ran at least 38 routes in four straight games. The usage is just insane. Coming off of games right now with eight, seven, and six receptions. Chris Godwin is very secure. Chris Godwin is very strong for a 15 plus fantasy point projection. Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Julio. You can tell me that all these guys are 7K plus this week. And I'd say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. The volume, the points that they're putting up, the consistency makes sense. Maybe a little bit tired, a bit overpriced, but it makes sense, right? But they're way cheaper than that. Chris Godwin, 6,300. We'll take it. Robbie Anderson at 6,200 becomes more of an option, more of a liking if there's not going to be any DJ Moore and or Curtis Samuel due to them having to pass a couple of COVID tests. But Robbie Anderson also in play as he becomes the most consistent receiver on that team. Not much to say about Brandon Cooks. Just track his injury. We know that he ended up leaving that game with a concussion. He actually came back. He cleared a concussion protocol, which is nice to see as the chalk last week. Five catches, 65 yards and on eight targets for 11 and a half fantasy points. Not going to get it done as a chalk, but again, he did leave that game for a couple of drives because of the concussion, which did limit the upside for him. Price point goes up to 6,100, but he still remains in play. CeeDee Lamb. I want to talk about these um, wide receivers right now for the Cowboys. We saw them just on Tuesday Night Football, and we saw Andy Dalton be able to actually stand up in the pocket when he did not face that much pressure and look decent. CeeDee Lamb had a huge first half. He'll face some Mackenzie Alexander this week, which is a fine matchup for him. Huge first half, did nothing in the second half, right? Ended up catching, I think, six passes in like that first half. Nothing in the second half, but still CeeDee Lamb is going to be a guess at 4,800 for me because he's a nice cheap option with arguably now the fastest paced game environment and one of the best matchups on the slate. I like CD Lamb this week. And then Mr. Tim Patrick will be our final yes before we get into a long list of maybes. Look, Tim Patrick is going to be a strong option for you. There's a lot of games in here when he played with Kendall Hinton. So you're going to see once he faced, well, he's got ejected in one game. So he scored not that many fantasy points there under 10. And then he ends up having to go up against Marshawn Lattimore when his quarterback is a practice squad punt returner, right? Kendall Hinton. So we're not going to hold that against him. But outside of that, he scored in his games this year when he's actually been staying on the field and not getting ejected since week three. 14.3 fantasy points, 23.3, 14.1, right? 12.9, 10.1, 17, 20.4. So you're getting a floor right now in games that he's actually been healthy since week three on the field and doesn't have a practice squad quarterback. You're getting a floor from this guy of about 12 fantasy points. I have him projected around there right now at 4,200 and a nice matchup against Carolina. So give me with a 14% overall air yard per target share, give me Tim Patrick at $4,200. And now you get into a long list of guys who are going to be in my player pool, but we don't have to break that much down into some of them because, you know, Tyreek Hill, obvious stacking option, you know the benefits of him very similar to Devontae Adams. You don't have to explain much about these guys' names. They speak for themselves right now. Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf and Stacks, Keenan Allen with all the quarterbacks that we like there. Calvin Ridley, of course, we said we like Julio Jones more because he's cheaper. And just in general, I think I like Julio's upside more, but Calvin Ridley, 7,500, second option in a Matt Ryan stack. As we scroll down, we hit some other names here. Kevin Terry McLaurin coming off of his worst game of the season, finds himself in a fine matchup. San Fran has not been that great. They're secondary, although Sherman's back. Sherman nowhere near the same player coming off of the injury, but also they're not getting pass rush because Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, done for the year, right? All these injuries up front mean that if you're not getting as much pressure on the quarterback, the secondary is just not going to be as efficient and as effective anyway. So McLaurin in a nice bounce back spot at 6,700. Amari Cooper finds the end zone yet again and continues this stretch with right now Andy Dalton to just be a, a fantastic floor player. You can basically bank on Amari Cooper to get you around 14 fantasy points at this point, just how consistent, how good of a route runner and how consistent he is at getting separation and how consistent he is at just winning his one-on-one matchup. Ebo Samuel, the number one separation receiver in the NFL at this point, $6,400. I like this range a lot. Like this is that outside of the loaded mid-range we talked about in Chris Gowan, Allen Robinson, and Julio Jones rising to the top. You have other insane names with McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Devontae Parker, Debo Samuel, all these guys in this 6K range. It's going to be very difficult to choose between them, but if you're not going to play Devontae Adams up top or Tyree Kill, it makes it nice to build a lineup, right? You can pay up for McCaffrey pretty easily. You can do whatever you want at wide receiver because there's all these studs in the 6K range. We like it a lot. Heading to that 5K range of some guys that are maybes. DJ Morphy plays. Brandon Ayuk has been a stud, 20 plus fantasy points in four straight games that he has been healthy. Alan Lazard and some Packers stacks, right? And then you get some other upside options. Only a $4,700 Mike Williams versus Atlanta. That looks very good in your Herbert stacks. I'm trying not to get away from that. Jalen Rieger had some success in that game, right? He had a nice big catch from Jalen Hurts. He was seeing some usage at that punt return, maybe a little bit of a confidence boost. Tough matchup now versus New Orleans, but only $4,400. Denzel Mims 
is still dirt cheap. Cam Sims coming off of a big game is still only 3,100 as a punt option. MVS in your stack. So you see all these other options on the screen right now if you're watching on YouTube. We'll have updated stuff on Friday for their matchups and for some of my final thoughts at the wide receiver position and all the others. But you can follow along for the exact projections. Game by game notes will be out Friday. Projections are going to be out by the time that you're viewing this on Patreon. Let's finish it up with the tight end position. Hit that like and subscribe as you are still here. And I'll let you know, yes, Patreon, we do have projections, rankings, all that stuff down below. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Tight ends to like this week. Travis Kelsey's damn expensive, but I haven't projected for over 18 and a half fantasy points right now. Darren Waller coming off of the best tight end performance, one of the best tight end performances of all time. Definitely the best of this season. Multiple touchdowns, 200 yards overall. So you like to see that. He's my second highest projected. That shouldn't shock anybody. We don't have to talk about those guys as much because they're very, very good. And what we'd like to see after this is Mike Gusecki. Finally, last year, this man came on for the final month with Ryan Fitzpatrick. After having a monster performance and building a nice chemistry in the most pass attempts that we saw this past week, 38, 39 attempts out of Tua, and you ended up seeing a huge target share. Nine catches, 88 yards in a tutty. The tight end four on the week. Honestly, most of the weeks, that would be the number one performance with 24 fantasy points. 30 routes from. He played 72% of the snaps. Two red zone targets on 11 total targets. Gusecki is a yes. Evan Ingram, I'm going to say yes, only if you're going to get Daniel Jones back. Otherwise, just go to Mike Gusecki. But when Daniel Jones was in there, you're seeing Evan Ingram slowly start to come on as a top five, basically tight end every single week in the rankings and projections on the main slates because he was seeing nine, 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 12 targets. This past week wasn't terrible, but four catches on eight targets. Limit your upside with Colt McCoy in there. We didn't have that many passing yards. If we do get Daniel Jones back, you had 12 plus fantasy points in three out of his previous four games with Daniel Jones. We'll go there. And then a couple guys to talk about on the cheap end. Jordan Reed, look, the touchdown salvaged his night, ended up going for three catches for 32 yards in the tutty, but he ran the most routes he's ran this year. 24 routes run in that game on 50% of the snaps. He played his highest snap share and his most routes. He looks fully healthy and now he's only $3,500. I like him. And Logan Thomas coming off of a career game probably is going to be at the point where he probably gets a lot of people to just jump back on him here. If Logan Thomas is going to be a little bit over-owned, let's just say he's one of the top three owned tight ends this week, I can just easily pivot to Jordan Reed at that point. Logan Thomas has been very good, but coming off of a career game, if people are going to chase it, nine for 98, 100% catch rate, 100% of the snaps for the fourth time out of the last five weeks and a touchdown. He's getting a ton of usage this year, right? But a career game you're coming off of, if it keeps his ownership around, I don't know, like 10 to 15%, it's okay. But if it starts to spike up towards like 15 to 20%, easy pivot options to guys like Jordan Reed, easy pivot options to the, the man who leads the league in separation and catch percentage the, at the tight end position in Robert Tonyan at just 4,200. Three straight games with five targets, three straight games with a touchdown for Mr. Robert Tonyan. Other options you can see on the screen right now. Interesting to call out that Cole Komet had seven targets this last game. That is now two weeks in a row where his snap share has increased and he has overtaken Jimmy Graham as the starting tight end, at least as of last week. He would be your punt option at $2,900 if you were to choose to punt the tight end position. Thank you so much for tuning into the best of the best week 14 NFL video. Please do before you go like subscribe. What to look out for this week is a Thursday night football video tomorrow, or at least depending on when you're watching this Thursday, then a live stream later that night. So be sure to hit that notification bell so you can know when we're chilling out, relaxing, maxing all cool live Friday morning, final thoughts, Saturday, that one do. And then Sunday morning, if you are a patron, you get the GPP strategy show podcast. You'll learn exactly how to beat your competition and take advantage of their weaknesses and exactly exploit that through data, through analysis, and through a bunch of other things that most people aren't going to be doing. They're going to be tooled up, ready to go to war while they're coming into war with no bullets vest. They're bringing a knife to a gunfight and you're going to have a much better advantage in winning that week than your opponents. If you're a patron with all that information, be sure to support the sponsors of the show. My bookie promo code Sal 10 SAL 10 gets you that deposit bonus. And also Vigit promo code Sal SAL will get you those free Vig coins for the online sports book. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. If you're watching this, thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you all and I'll see you in the next one.